What's up, everybody? This is Ben from www.dropthedice.com, and I'm here to introduce this podcast that we're going to be doing today. Uh, we're going to be talking about our Shelves of Shame, so me and Rico go through kind of the games that we've purchased that have never made it to the table, uh, despite our overwhelming uh, collection of board games both of us, I think, are topping about 400. Uh, originally, uh, we had hoped to, to kind of record this all together, Thanks to a couple of scheduling mishaps, we weren't able to do that. So what we did is we had Alfie kind of do two different uh, sections. The first one was with me. The second one was with Rico. And we are going to kind of put it together. Now, unfortunately, or, or fortunately, I don't know, depending on, on, on your point of view, uh, Rico and Alfie spoke for an incredibly long amount of time. So what I've chosen to do is split this podcast into two different sections the first one is going to be Rico and Alfie. So if they reference my and Alfie's recording, uh, just know that, that that's why that me and Alfie already recorded at this point. There's not a, it shouldn't change the recording at all. Uh, but yeah, that that that's why. Uh, and then I'll post Alfie and my version of this recording um, next week. So I really hope you guys enjoy that they, Alfie and Rico get into a lot of really, really great discussions. I took out probably at least an hour of footage, which I kept. I might put in a little bit later because it, it is. It's all really good conversation. Just some of it is, is, is so far off topic. And as it is, like, you'll see they, they digress quite a bit. It's a lot of fun, though. Uh, both these guys are very, very smart, and they know a lot about about the business. And it's interesting to kind of see kind of their takes on things. So hope you guys really enjoy. Here's Alfie and Rico talking about Rico's Shelf of Shame. Plus, if you can kind of cue that music, let's introduce this thing. Thank you. This is The Bus, and you're listening to Drop the Dice. All right, so I found this list uh, when I was waiting for you to get on. I kind of got situated and was like, I'm not going to move because I got the dog sleeping here. But it's a list called Old School Euros, in quotes, published in the 2020s. It's a geek list on BGG that someone put up today. Hmm. And people are, like, posting to it, basically games that it says, uh, what did they use to describe it? They said that there's... A shared central board where most of the action takes place, relatively simple rules, four to eight pages or so, and short play times, less than 90 minutes, quotes, necessary interaction, i.e. you can't just focus on your own thing and occasionally glance at what the other players are doing, a simple action menu slash turn structure, and few, if any, text-heavy special powers and combos. And so people are like posting different games that are like newer, new new games to this list that, you know, and then people are talking about whether or not they, they like it or whatever for the list or whatever. But it's just like, I'm finding all sorts of like really, really cool looking games on here. Do, are there any on there that you think I would know or have already played? Um, I'll name some off quickly. Polynesia. Uh-uh. I don't know that. Whale Whale Riders by Kinesia. Okay, I've heard of it. Uh, Renature by Kramer Kiesling. Oh, okay. You mean Worst Mexica? Mm-hmm. Got it. 
someone did say it. Is someone says, "How does it stack up to Mexico?" And somebody's answer, "Well, well, it's not set in Mexico, so that's helpful." That's, um, it, I I have way more fun with Mexico. Mexico is the same concept, but like on steroids because it's so much more open ended. You're defining the areas that score and how big each of those areas are and cutting people off. But like Renature has a lot in common with it. Weirdly, I own both. <laughs> I didn't know they were going to be so okay, similar. Well, sure, sure. Um, that's interesting because when I seen Renature, I think I saw Renature before I knew about Mexico because I think I learned about Mexico from you mm-hmm. either posting pictures in the group chat or else on a podcast. But I was like, Renature looks pretty cool. I feel like it's kind of got a cool theme. But then, I like, which one of those do you think is more, like, cutthroat? Definitely Mexico. Okay, so maybe Renature would be a better pick for, like, me and Ariel for yeah. something we could play together. Because yeah. I, I don't know. She really loves, and it's so funny, what she, she calls them, like, build-your-own-board Euros. Like, she likes the games where, like, there's less interaction. You kind of, like, do your own thing on your own board. Um, she doesn't like, like, fighting me or anything like that. Like, we played Undaunted quite a bit, and it's just, like, not something she wants to do at all. Hmm. Um, so I wonder if Renature, it's got, like, cool nature theme. I wonder if that would be something that she would enjoy with me. Because it, I would, are the, are the tiles, like, do they, do they have a good feel? Do they feel like domino tiles, or what are they, yeah, like, close enough. just plastic? They are just plastic, but, the, okay. I mean, they, I think they feel substantial enough. I, I had no okay. complaints with the game, except that I had already played Mexica. Yeah, it, and it, Mexica is the sandbox version. Okay, Mexico looks really cool too. Yeah. Oh sure, I mean like I'm not even comparing the components because I like them, I like them both. But you're right when you pull Mexica out and you have those giant pyramids. Nothing really compares right. to that game. Right, that it, it makes a statement on a table. Someone sees that and it's like, "Ooh, what are you doing? Were you playing with toys over there?" <laughs> yeah, which I, I feel like is the common thing now. Like games kind of look like toys on the board. I mean, you have Fireball Island, which which can we talk about yeah. how bad um, Funko Pops screwed up their board game IP? I I just no, what, what I just happened? don't understand. Okay, so like. It's a collector's thing, right? And and I get that there are some people that don't take them out of the box, but I think those people are are the minority. But people collect Funko Pops and then they display them in their in their the, rooms. The or little whatever. like statue, yep, little bobblehead looking yeah. things. Yeah. And then they released a board game version that has smaller Funko Pops. They are oh, like half the Harry the Potter size. and mm-hmm. and you yeah. play a kind of bad because it is too complicated and the rules are too obtuse um kind of bad little dudes on a map game and Mm -hmm. you know you get like four action points and you can move and you can attack and you can do whatever special actions your your little funko guy has um which again like the game isn't anything special but they're forcing you to use these smaller little funkos that you can only buy in the board game versions versus what they should do is release map packs and then release unique rules for the 5,000 characters that they already have out right. there. And what I think their value decision there was like, well, we'll just get people to buy more of these expansion release or board game releases 
um, versus we can keep people buying Funkos by saying right. not only are you getting a collector's item, but now you can put it on a map and play a game with it. it, it it's so funny you said that because when I heard about the game for the first time, I think it was like, it was like, I was on an airplane. I was listening to a podcast that I downloaded for an airplane ride, maybe pre-Gen Con, maybe after Gen Con. But people were talking about the Funk. It was, it was. I think it was probably right after Gen Con. They were talking about the Funko Pop games, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, like, and I thought it was gonna be like same size figures or whatever, and then it, it would be like, I was like, oh, that's perfect because then eventually they can, they can just like release little rules for everybody. You know, and then it will. It'll be like, ooh, I really want the new, you know, like, Game of Thrones characters or whatever. So, you know, I want to be able to play with them on my team or whatever. But, yeah, that's it is strange that they decided to make, like, a board game version of it, but you can't use anything you've had before. Which, and I think if you look at, like, the counter to that is what, like, Games Workshop does now with all their games, where they release little packs of cards and stuff so you can play with, like, your Warhammer figures, your 40k figures that you play in like your big Warhammer 40k battles in something like Underworld, uh, Warhammer Underworld, or like Shadespire or whatever, or um, Kill Team or different, you know, uh, Necromunda or whatever. And so it's like then you can play. You're like, oh, I have these characters that I've invested time and money in and now I can import them. I can pay 30, 40 bucks and get like the components or whatever to then play with those figures in my game over here. Yeah, I. that's exactly the business model that it should be because yeah. there's already a Funko Pop app that you can scan the figures that you have and it puts it into your library. So imagine that you're doing a one of these miniature style yeah. games that says, hey, build an army of 300 points and each of these characters has assigned points and you scan them in there right. and then the app says, here's your army and here's their special you know rules and abilities right. and stuff like the, the the thing is designed for two kids with two ipads and a thousand funko pops i mean man that that right. one that and, one and haunts what, me how did they get it so wrong <laughs> and and what's interesting too about that is like they're also like perfectly set up to work on something like that because they have prospero hall as like yeah the designer where it's like that team where it's like anybody can be a part of that they could literally hire people and be like, yeah, you know, we kind of just want you guys to like work on like Funko Pop in your free time. And, yeah. you know, it's like every day you come out with a new one or whatever. And it's like you just have like slight little changes or you can even have the same thing. You're like, okay, like Harry Potter has this and Jon Snow has like the exact same thing. But we're going to like word it differently because he's a knight instead of a magician or whatever. And it's like you they really could have. You're right. They really screwed the pooch on that one. I was at a kid's, uh, I stayed at a co-worker's house on my way back from Connecticut, and her son is into Funko Pops, and he has a Funko Pop room, and he has, I think, like 2,000 Funko Pops in there. They're lining the- How much is a Funko Pop? I don't even want to know, dude. I don't want to know. Because he's like, got like small ones, baby. big it's ones, like... ones that are a foot- you know in 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 height he has everything and it's not like harry potter has this ability and Jon snow has this ability it's hey harry potter one has this ability harry potter two you know which is from the second book and then harry potter three yeah he's got like seven versions of everything (laughs) so it's like harry potter one can do alohomora (laughs) harry potter two can do expelliarmus (laughs) now and then harry then but then it's just the same he just does expelliarmus all the way throughout the whole thing 
<laughs> That's right. After that, he he for, he yeah. forgets the Harry mark. Potter two through seven is the same. Is the same. <laughs> he just looks a little older. He has different haircuts in some of them. Man. But yeah, so I think you should check out this BGG geek list. Um, I think if you go to geek list, it's under like the hot. You go to like hot geek list. It's like one of the like first ones that comes up. Okay. Um, and I, I have like, I think eight or nine open tabs of games that I had not heard of. Like there's a new one coming out from, I think Rio Grande, Rio Grande games called Art Deco, Hmm. which is a deck, it used to be called Promenade, but it looks like they've changed the name and it's a deck building game with, what does it say? You do one of three. Uh, you know what? Actually, let me let me pull up what the people say on here because that sounded way cooler. Uh, it's a deck builder about buying and displaying art. It's built on a Dominion base, but only the cards other than money are the the only cards other than money are paintings in five different styles: Renaissance, Impressionist, Pop Art, and so on. Buying or displaying a painting, both of which cost money, raises the status of that style, making paintings in that style worth more VPs, but crucially also raise the amount of money they are worth when you discard them to buy more paintings or put one on display. So you consider whether or not you're going to like keep that card for VP or like sell it for more money to then try to like up it another card and like I, I like that make, having to make a decision point as to like what you're going to do with that card in a deck building game. Mm. Kind of like, um, did you ever play Tyrants of the Underdark? Uh, yes, I have. Only once, though. That it, it, I had only played it once, too. But it, that is a similar thing where you have to decide the card in your hand. You can either like you can either continue to use it or you can like set it aside and it'll be worth like points at the end of the game. Okay, yeah. And I think I think that's interesting. Doing something interesting with deck building besides trying to, like, get rid of your starting cards and get more powerful cards for endgame, that like give you points. Yeah, I generally. This is not a criticism of, of a game I have not played, but will say that like deferred fun for points is usually not fun. What does that mean? Like if you set something aside that you could oh. use to play that would be like fun because it yeah. would get you points is generally not fun. <laughs> That's a good point. That, that makes sense. You're, it's kind of the opposite of, of fun. You're saying like, yeah. don't do this cool thing because you can get points for it and you need the points to win to so don't right. have fun. Right, exactly. It's great. It's a great point. Tyrants of the Underdark sucks. You heard it here <laughs> That's first. Right. They're actually they're actually remaking it um, and I think including like an expansion or two in it okay. right now, I think. Yeah, that's cool. I so, mean, I never really knocked the art direction, but I never liked how that game looked. Oh, it, the cards look terrible. Yeah. I also never really considered a deck builder until Benz was talking about it, and he was like, oh, it's like a deck building. I was like, I thought of it more as like an area control game. Yeah. Because I think, but that's what's hard is that it, it's, it's both. It's fully both. Yes, yep. And the same way when we were talking about Bunny Kingdom, uh, he thinks of Bunny Kingdom as a drafting game, and I thought of Bunny Kingdom as an area majority game. And it's like, well, it, it is both, and that's, you know, kind of the... Hey, man, that's 
This is 2021. Everything is That's, more than one thing. <laughs> dude, and every time I hear someone on a video when they'll be like, this is a worker placement drafting tableau building game for two to four players. And I'm just like, oh my god. Like, how many hyphens are we going to put inside this? Does, it's tough. Is that it's okay tough. With And you? then they'll say, <laughs> I, mean, I, I hate it. Really? I hate the people's descriptions of games. I, I get it's important to put that in. But there'll be this long description of the, of every mechanism in there. And then they'll say, you know, and it plays, um, you know, plays two to four players in about an hour and a half, in about 90 minutes. And I'm like... I sh- I hate hearing. It's like it's like it's like the little like pet peeves. If we have like a what's eating Alfie, yeah, uh, uh, segment, I would just talk about like the, the stupid things that bother me. That would you rather so them say ninety me. to one hundred and twenty minutes or twenty minutes per player? <laughs> no, because they will say they will say ninety say in about ninety minutes to two hours. And I'm just like, oh my god, like oh, so you're saying it's a three hour game. Your first like couple plays is what you're saying. Yeah, um, yeah. The the worst is when it's it is it's like like Imperial where it's like 15 minutes a player. I was like, well, that's not accurate because you can't play it in 15 minutes. It's solo. <laughs> Played it a lot solo, and I never get it below half an hour. So let's <laughs> let's rechange how how we think about that real quick. Um, I actually think a two player might go faster than a solo game. Mm. Now that I think about it, so. Um, th- there is that, but yeah, there's just little pet peeves I have with the uh, board game industry and, or board, maybe board game media or content creation. I see my problem is actually calling it content creation. Very harmful. So I, okay. I've heard, um, I think I saw something on Twitter about this, but someone was, I, and I forget it, but that's ringing a bell where I feel like recently someone said something like they don't like that term. And I wondered why. I didn't quite understand. I don't think I saw why they don't like the term content creation. Well, a lot of it has to do with how YouTube monetizes. Your monetization is based on views, not quality. Right. And so that in any industry really these days is trying to get people to click and worry second about the content so um, okay that's where like clickbait titles and it can be it can be titles like it can be still video thumbnails i've yeah i've actually heard of some content creators that you know painstakingly pick or design the thumbnail because right that is the first thing that someone looks at before they decide if they're going to click or not and that's your whole revenue is getting them to click so like you know, when you when you refer to it as content and not like art or media or journalism or criticism or you know whatever other mm-hmm. m- you know more accurate term, then I think it like reduces it to and just creates this mentality where they're like, well, shoot, if I want to get paid, I just got to get this thing out, and I don't need to worry about you know anything. That's interesting. So it's it's general. The, the generalization, right, because content creation, ultimately what you're saying, you're creating content. You're saying that content is specifically something. You are making a review. You are making a playthrough. You are making a how-to or whatever. Yeah. And But when you just call it all content, it generalizes it to the point where you're no longer focused on trying to perfect and excel in that particular area. You are just trying to release more content. And – 
and me referring it to as something different probably won't change anything. So I'm not going to like mm-hmm. sit on my high horse and be like, oh, I'm not going to call it content because at the right. end of the day, that doesn't change anything. What changes something is like monetization changing and that's a much more complicated and, and fraught path to go down. But like until we right. can persuade these companies or create different models or something like that, the only thing that is going to be monetized and like rewarded is clicks. So, you know, right. it, we could call it whatever we want, but at the end of the day, they're getting paid for content. And so like, it just kind of sucks that like, right. even if I recognize some of these guys is like putting out true journalism, criticism, art, whatever you want to call it. At the end of the day, they're probably getting compensated even less because it's getting compensated for the content and its clicks. Right, right. That's interesting. Yeah, when you're saying they like curate their thumbnails, I feel like the most common, when you just scroll through YouTube, the most common face you see is like the (laughs) open mouth shock look. And all caps. And they're like, right, they're like trying to, and then there's like, They'll like say some outlandish thing like, "Is this the best game ever made?" Right, oh and they have some stupid fucking face, uh, you know, <laughs> that they're making, and it's just like, "Oh my, why are you guys surprised at everything? You're the one putting out this video. You shouldn't be surprised at anything that's in here." That's a great point. <laughs> it's, it's it's that's another what's eating Alfie. Like that's one of the top things when I see people with uh, on their Instagram picture or their 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 YouTube thumbnail is when it's the shocked face. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh my God, you're not going to say anything really that shocking. Let's be honest. <laughs> but I'm, I'm uh, enjoying these hot. No, takes, that, that is interesting. Is good stuff. What's eating Alfie should be recurring. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to, um, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to get that as a common episode. You know what? My computer isn't charging. Let me change the, I'll be right back. Sorry, Juniper. I do gotta move, girl. I know. I hate to break it to you. I don't have to do an introduction since it's just going to be part two of the same episode, right? I have no idea. Yeah, no, that's here to follow your lead. So, um, yeah, all right, so I give me one sec. All right, take it away. First, I guess we have to do a what a sound thing, and he'll. He'll, he'll like play music, right? So we pause for a second. So we'll do that. Why first. we don't have to pause? We silence. already. Ha- I haven't paused yet. No, no, because no, then he he always like does like a pause. He's like, all right, I'll put music in right there, or whatever. I don't know why he does a pause. It's like you can just do it. It's not like he like 
puts the music in on top of our audio. It's like he just stops oh. it, puts in the music, and then starts it again. Yeah, I mean, well, I actually hope that he keeps a little bit in there of what we already talked about. I feel like uh, the first half of the Euro part and then the part about the Funko Pops, those were pretty good sessions. Yeah. And uh, we can get into the second part of this podcast. This is Alfie here again, a.k.a. Head of Legal Affairs. Oh, and with man. me, it's beautiful. Yeah, with me is uh, what is it? The flyover correspondent, <laughs> right? Uh, head of what? COO, C CFO, head of business affairs, Rico. Where the points are made up and the rules don't matter. Let's go. Nice. I love <laughs> that. Uh, all right, and so we're going to continue talking about our shelf of shames. Um, we went through Benz's, uh, we're going to go through Rico's first though. Rico, give me a game or two that you have played recently that, uh, you really enjoyed. Well, when did you last have a game day? I had a, I had a really good one on Saturday. I had some friends yeah, what'd in you play? from, I had some friends in from Arkansas and from, uh, North Carolina and from local around Nashville and but but all of them are relatively like new to games so we played like a lot of true and tried classics for me I got my third play of modern art in this year nice right it's it's 2012 I played it three times at the different groups this year that, and that game just that's cool that that's cool um I did play the Korean version when I was in Connecticut which was really cool it has like insanely awesome metal coins and um Ooh. in comparison to the to the simon version which i love the artists that they chose for that they do all um south american um artists which is really cool and they like highlight their their portfolio the the korean version has um i think it's like renaissance and pre-renaissance perhaps um, basically like modern and postmodern, um, or actually, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about art to pretend to know, um, but it has like more <laughs> traditional classic art. Uh, but the components in that game are, are so good anyway. So modern art, uh, just keeps on being a classic for, for me and my group. It hits on all cylinders because yeah. you get to do like those four different auctions in one game. Um, so it never feels like you're doing the same thing over and over um and yeah it's super adaptable i've also been playing you'll you'd be proud of this i got a couple train games in i did uh paris connection Ooh. which is a Ooh, okay dude that game is easy to get to the table it's so yeah good. yeah it takes a while to set up but that's a that's a very smooth that's a quick like fast-paced game mm-hmm. you know it's a 10 minute game essentially yeah so I'll leave it with that. And I too. feel like I, feel, I feel like I do feel like Paris Connection is a good introduction to, like, stock games or cube rails or train games. Like it's a good. Yeah. You just do one thing, and it's like, are you gonna trade for another color, yeah. or are you gonna lay something out? I, I I find that really interesting. Yep. Oh, I got Ares Expedition in. That was pretty nice. Did you? Okay, so that is that's on my shelf of shame because I just got oh. it in last week and haven't gotten to play it yet. Okay, how do you like it? Dual layered boards or die, man. Oh yeah, <laughs> I I immediately opened the box as soon as I got it. I picked it up from uh, we did like a group buy here in the Twin Cities, cool. and 
I went, I had to go to the freaking boonies, the middle of nowhere, beautiful house though. And I picked it up from his house and I mean, I like, got in the car, like ripped open the wrap and like opened the box and was just like, Oh, dual layer <laughs> boards. Oh yeah. Um, I, it, I couldn't imagine not having that. I know. I know. Um, it, it was good. It ended up taking us a long time. So I played a four-player game, of. and I don't think that I did a bad job with the rules. I, I think I the rules were fine. I think that we got mm-hmm. up and going pretty quickly, and we got our engines going pretty quickly. Um, although it was a lot of people's first time with some of a lot of those ideas, just that type of engine yeah. building, plus um, you know the sort of race for galaxy. Um, action selection role selection yeah yeah the role selection i thought that we got you know i think we got going pretty quickly um yeah. it, it just scales and you pretty soon yeah. have you know the specifically like phase three is the action phase and for me mm-hmm. i built up my action phase and so every time that came up i was like all right hold up i've got these nine cards that all get right. to trigger and right. and they're fast but it's always like okay draw a card if it's one of these symbols keep it if not put it to the bottom draw get a money okay next yeah. action draw two cards if you get one of these things you know keep one put one back okay next card and so for me doing the action phase i'm like i gotta go through all nine of these every time right which i right. loved but like it ended up yeah. taking us i don't know three hours to play <clears throat> mm-hmm. that's um so that's something benson and i talked about is i i think terraforming mars the original one is just way too long of a game yeah for what you're doing. And, and, and I think that the problem is Ares Expedition is has the same issue with it. There isn't a natural end point. There isn't, you play for 10 rounds or sure. the, 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 the end condition, the win condition isn't, uh, there's no way to like shorten that. It's basically, it's like, you got to like terraform the planet. You got to get the oxygen up. You got to get the heat up. And like, so you build your engine, but if your engine isn't then doing those things, mm-hmm. you're running a super sweet engine that's doing all sorts of stuff, but it's not it's not getting you towards that end. Yeah. And so it, it can. It can be a two-hour game. And, and like you said, I think it's a really simple rule set. Yeah. I think it's way simpler than like Roll for the Galaxy. I think it's even more simple than Race for the Galaxy. Race for the Galaxy, though, when you're playing with people who play the game quite a bit, is like a 20 minute yeah. game 30 minute game max roll for the galaxy same thing as probably a 30 45 minute game Ares expedition i feel like you're probably not ever going to get in in under an hour i i can't see it happening <laughs> yeah right it's just because it's like uh, yes it, and like you said it, it is it's so simple the five actions are literally play a green card play a blue or red card trigger your actions uh uh get your production or draw a card that's it. Those are those are pretty easy things to understand if you played even like just a couple mm-hmm. like tableau building or engine build or whatever. It's like I compared it to I was like it's kind of like it's like a step up from wingspan. Mm. Right? That's wingspan, great. same yeah. thing. You're like, I'm gonna trigger the water row, uh, draw a couple cards, and I'll trigger all my actions, my turn's done. And um I was saying when I talked about what I've been playing, I played that with the we've had a lot of family in town for the past month. And we introduced Wingspan to three new players, 
and my turns, and, and we played it like three or four times while they were here, so it, they got pretty quick, but my turn is over in like 20 seconds. Mm. I'm like, I know what I'm going to do by the time it comes around to me. Right. I do it real quick. I'm like, all right, do this one, two, three, boom, go next person, right? I, I can get through it super quick because I'm used to mm-hmm. iconography and every I can remember what's on my board. Other people kind of struggle with that. But Ares Expedition, I'm looking at him, it's like, I feel like turns are going to go quick. But the game's probably not going to go yeah. quick, which like that's what I'm bummed about. It's like they should have – they almost need to make a shortened version. So like instead of ninth house, do four or five. Like you don't need – you know, that you're terraforming. It's like, it's like start with a couple notches up the oxygen and the heat level already so that it's like – I feel like that's a way that you can like house rule it to make it a little bit shorter of a game. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know if it fixes what you said, which is you, if your engine doesn't do some of the stuff, you might not run out that clock. So no, no, but like, say your engine does one of the things it's like, it will help with that one thing and it'll go a little bit quicker. Sure. A few turns quicker at least, but, um, all right. So we played some sweet games recently. Um, I just picked up Eclipse yesterday. (laughs) I got like, I bought the full Kickstarter everything from some guy That's in awesome. town, and I immediately came home, put that giant playmat on my kitchen table. Oh, I'm jealous. I don't have that. Yeah, set it up. It, it it's unnecessary for how big it is, but I guess if you're playing with six players, you need that much space. Um, but yeah, like I'm like half of the playmat. I'm like have like the the like player trays taking up that space because I have no need for it. But yes, yeah, so I've been playing a, a solo two-player version of that. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, just against myself uh, for the past two days. Um, so that's been sweet. God, that game is so good. Wow. Man, that, I'm that impressed. Game is so good. Yeah. That's good. All right. So we'll get into the main topic. Your shelf of shame. Now, I will say, I didn't tell Ben says, I'm impressed with how few games are on your guys' list. Nice. I thought I thought more than 50, and I know you guys are getting up there, but I thought more than 50 without a doubt for both of you. Mm. And then your list too, it seems like you have a few games in here where you marked that it was like your copy. So like you played the game before, but not your the one you have. Right. Yeah. And so that's interesting because when I was going through my list, I actually have, I have, hmm, I have seven games on my list. I probably have another ten where I haven't played my copy of it, but I played the game and right. I got the game because I had played it before and like really enjoyed it, and I just, you know, haven't been able to get it out. But technically, I've been able to play my copy, so it kind of is an unplayed version. Granted, they're all used, so they look played. So I'm going to count them. Oh, nice. But all right. So you have a list of... Yeah, what stands out? 30, 34 games? Uh, 37. 30, okay, so you've added three games since I last saw this. Um, I've added... Sure, yeah. Which is... Yeah, that's fine. And then... And you say you think you have about 500 games. Okay. I think it's probably somewhere between four and five hundred, like no more Ben's, than no more than five hundred, but I think like four hundred. Yeah, Ben's approximated minus expansions about four twenty just plays. And yes, he never so says that he has between, over four hundred. 
Uh, I know, and it, it's so silly because the last time I looked at his BGG list, it was like close to 400. It was like 390, I think. And I was like, I know there are so many games that are missing on this list that he has. I think he said he went on and updated it, and he had like 480, but he includes all his expansions on there as well. Sure, and so, sure. like, yeah, so I, but, all right. I mean, I mean so he, he's hitting some more numbers than games for sure. Yeah, you guys have you guys have the same collection. Now, real quick, this is something I didn't ask him because I knew the answer to it. But with you, in your you have a couple playgroups or just one main one in Nashville. I have one main one, although I've had some work people get more interested, and I've done like a bunch of different Saturday things. And okay, I just as that was picking up, I. Took up, uh, took off, and fled the state, and was in Connecticut for a month, where I did a ton of gaming, but it you know disrupted right. like the regular thing that I was like building here, which is fine. So I kind of like got to get that back right. on track. Um, mm-hmm. So too too early to know if that will be as regular, but I do have a okay. group that plays every Thursday. We've got like okay. there's four of us who are there every week, and we've got like a floating fifth. Nice. Uh, that that actually works really well because there's a lot of four good. player games and a lot of five player games. Yeah. yeah. Um, and now in this group, are you the only one with a large board game collection, or do other people also have big collections? Yeah, I brought them all into the hobby. They had never played okay any designer okay. games until I don't know maybe mid last years when we started. Um, okay. And uh, they're all building their own, so. Yeah, they they uh, gotcha. they've okay. got small little collections of their own now, and I also nice. lend them a lot of my games. So, um, okay, cool. At any given point in time, they've got a bag or two of my of my games. Nice, okay. Because my follow up to that was, if they did have collections, do you generally play your games, or are you playing other people's games too, or do they pick up the same games they played with you that then they have if they're ever like with family or whatever? Um. Yeah, we just play my games. And okay, and it's still early to tell. You know, I think they're they're yeah. experimenting and buying a couple of of their own things that they find. There's a little bit okay. of overlap, but still early to tell. I mean, we're dependent on 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 my collection, which is fine. <laughs> I got no problems with that. Right, you have a good collection, <laughs> so yeah, it, it works out. You, how many games do you think are in the average game store? Um, like you have more than that, right? I would oh, say. Man. Uh, Not including I, miniatures and like the weird things that they have to put up on the shelf because it was on. Yeah, the, uh, the Connecticut Will store Wheaton's. has really upped their collection, um, and okay. one of the stores that was there always has had a bigger collection than me. And then okay. my regular store didn't always, but in the last you know two years have really upped theirs, and so both of them mm-hmm. have a bigger collection than me, which is which is good. But the store here in Nashville. Um, went out of business last year, I thought, but turns out they just used their stimmy and they moved to a new location that is better and bigger and in a less shady spot. And like, it's a solid freaking upgrade, man. And I was talking to the manager this weekend. I I went there and, uh, they've got 20 board games for sale. And so I get to talk and I'm like, well, yeah, this is mine. <laughs> and he was like, oh, <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> so, you know, he told me he's got, like, aspirations to kind of build that up at his store. But it, okay. it's easier said than done. 
um, for so yeah. many reasons. Least of all is their mm-hmm. their spotty supply chain. But um, right, yeah. Nashville's gonna There's, get there though. Yeah, a new store opened. I think in April in like a town, a, a couple towns over from us, maybe about a half hour away. That um, they just opened. I went in there and checked it out. I ended up getting the Americana patchwork there. Okay. Um, and but they also kind of had a small collection, and it was. I was kind of looking at it. It was like they had like one wall. It was maybe like I don't know, not even ten yards long, and there was you know, like four shelves and like, that's all the games they had. And it was just kind of disappointing. And then they had like a little section for miniatures and a little section for like card game stuff. But yeah, I mean, they probably had less than a hundred games. You know, it's interesting. The the manager of the Nashville store told me that he didn't know what games to order. So he's not the board gaming hobbyist. And so he was just like, I don't know what to get. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Sure, I could help you with that, but that's that's you know, that's actual work. <laughs> um, right, right, exactly. So that's kind of an interesting it, angle, it, right? He he knows the magic right. community and and the tabletop community. Those are things he caters yeah. to, and he stocks and he's into that hobby, which I could not help with. So I get it. It is right. it is tough to right. cover all of this ground, mm-hmm. but that's why they don't have any games. Yeah, and I feel like that's. It's like the it's the card game crowd. It's like the typical like that's what gives the board game stores their life. A lot of them, yeah. Is that like people come in for Friday Night Magic? They come in to play Yu Gi Oh, and so it's like they all like they have to carry that stuff, and like that's probably the bulk of their sales. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because we also talk about how like the board game hobby is growing so much, but it's like I feel like people are just they're buying their games on Amazon because they're yeah. cheaper. It's like you can get a game for 10, 15, 20% off on Amazon with free yeah. shipping. And then you're like, all right, this $60 game I'm going to get for 45 bucks. Like that's hard to beat, you know? And so it's like these game stores. I just like, I go in, I go in week after week and they have all the same games there and it looks like they haven't moved. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, I guess you guys got nothing new for me. <laughs> Which, like, I'm, I'm guilty of that part of it where I, like, look in and I'm like, I'm not interested in any of these games, so I'm not going to buy any of these. Yeah. But. Interesting. Right, so interesting pickup at my, at my game store. And we're just meandering now, but it, it's, it's relevant. Um, I was interested in buying two games. They had okay. Lords of Zidit, which I was like, hell yeah, okay. that's out of print. Crazy. And, yeah. And I love that game. They had two copies, which is probably why I didn't buy it. And they had a copy of Adrenaline for 50% off. They had it marked at 70 bucks, wow. And so they were selling for 35 which I feel like 35 isn't that much different than what you can probably find it for online. But just the no, fact yeah. that I knew a brick-and-mortar store put a 50% off coupon on the thing, I'm like, I have to reward them and tell them that right. this is a good thing <laughs> to, you know, to mark down your yeah. games to make them more competitive. And, uh, and right. so I bought it. I, I agree with you. The, the 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 like the chain up here is called Games by James, and they're like they're in like the Mall of America. They're in the malls, mm-hmm. um, around town, 
and they have, they're like the big game store, I would say, and they'll do that with some of the games, like, uh, I'm trying to think, like, I don't know, it, it, it like flip ships or something like that, they'll put, they'll put like 20% off or whatever, now, Artsy, Artsy's been marked down since they got it, I'm pretty sure, because <laughs> what, that game came out, Gen Con 2019, Gen Con 2019, late late 2019, I was going into the game store, seeing that game for like 20 bucks instead of 25. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? Like, that's good. Or or yeah. I see Tapestry now is like 80 bucks instead of 100. And it's like, you kind of got to do that sometimes because people aren't gonna. If you're seeing a game isn't selling, yeah, maybe you do have to mark it down and see and see see if someone bites on it, you know. But I, I agree. I think that's the right. I don't like. So we have a, a store called the Gaming Goat, which apparently there's one in Glendale now too. I think there's three in and the like, valley. I've, they don't put, I've spent hundreds of dollars at all three. <laughs> so uh, at those ones, do they not put price tags on any of the games? In Arizona, they do. They all have price tags. Dude, the one here you just got on. They don't put. They don't put price tags on the games. And the guy said he was like, he's like, yeah, just like let me know if there's some. Like all our games are going to be like, I don't know. If, he's like. 10, 15% of MSRP or whatever. And I was like, that doesn't help me because I don't know how much it fucking costs, dude. Like, <laughs> it was just like, so what, so I need to like go on Amazon and find how much a game, instead I need to ask you every single time I'm interested in a game, hey, how much does this one cost? Hey, how much does this one cost? And yeah, it's like, I, I don't want to do gotta... that. I want to be able to go in and browse and yeah. like just check out and see what, see a game, hey, this game's 45 bucks. Okay, yeah, that game's worth it. You know, I don't need to know that Oh well, I can get it for forty actually instead of forty. It's like no, I have to ask you. Oh, it's going to be forty bucks. Okay, all right. In, sweet. In Thanks. Arizona, most of their games were hovering around eighteen to twenty percent off, and they had it marked down. Like the sticker had the price. Damn. So next time I come back, if I drive, I gotta, I gotta check you, out. No, you gotta. I gotta stay make the away, rounds dude. of the gaming goats. Do you I? Yeah, they and they do have different inventory to all three, which is like really dangerous. Because then you're like, well, I kind of want to go see what this one has. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, no, I'm for sure checking it out. I was <laughs> tempted to the dark side. Well, then be sure okay, to stop. So acquisition um, that's in Norterra uh, on your way back. <laughs> you can hit that one first. Oh, the, there's one in Norterra. Can... Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's one in Westgate, right, so we're moving then... around that way. Oh, there's one at Westgate? Where? Yeah. Well, uh, what is that? Technically Park West? By, like, the Harkins? Yep. <laughs> when when did that one come about? Because I was there in May of last year when we drove down, and I think we, like, picked up a salad at the BJ's that's right there. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, you were we right like ate that outside, and I was right by the freight. Granted, everything was closed because it was the middle of COVID, but dang. Okay, so the Park West, Norterra, and then there's is there one on like Northern and like the Fifty One or something? No, it's on Dobson and the Two Hundred Two. Oh, Mesa. Gotcha. Okay, right off the freeway over there. I I know. Oh, um. Is that Mesa? It's next to the, it's next, exactly. It's next to the Cubs training uh, facility. Mesa Riverside. Yeah, my yeah, yeah, yeah. ex-girlfriend used to live in apartments right across from Cubs Stadium. I know that That's area where I used very to live. well. And Dolby still lives there. Dolby Did can you walk. really? Wait. Yeah, yeah. I used to be able to like What apartments? Throw, 
Oh man, I forget what they were called. It was a condo. Were they like the were they the townhomes? Yep. <laughs> the townhomes off of May Street, dude. <laughs> That's where Dolby Well, I don't lives. know if the I don't know if it was Main Street. She lived it May, was like May like the month. Oh May oh I don't remember the name of the road. Was there it was, it was a gated community? It's just all townhomes, like on both sides on that street, dude. It, you probably were super close. Really close, dude. I was there all the time. She was such a bitch. I hated her. But just riveting but, podcast material. But that is so funny. Replicas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Norterra, Westgate, Mesa, Riverside. Yeah, you okay. just do it. You just do a nice little loop, and then just spend all your savings. It's great. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're remodeling our basement next month, so that literally is emptying our savings which means you got to fill it up with board games well i mean yeah obviously but i also i have a nice thing going with the wife where if i sell a game i get to use that money on other games perfect so if they write their games i'm like oh i kind of like to play this so i'll like get that with it and then we'll play it and she'll be like yeah i don't like this and it's like all right selling it immediately (laughs) because it is it's like and there are some games I don't sell, even if she I know she won't play it. Like Eclipse, I know she's not going to play with me, but like I want that game forever. Yeah. So there there are some exceptions to that like rule of thumb, but it's like generally it's like if it's a game that it's just like kind of cool or whatever, but I know she's not going to play with me. It's like I got no reason to play it because I haven't. I don't have enough courage to <laughs> go on BGG, and I'm actually like I follow a group. That plays in the town just south of me, like 10 minutes away. They meet up every Wednesday night, tonight, at a brewery and, like, play games. That's and cool. I just don't have enough courage to message on there and be like, hey, guys, I'm new to the area. Like, do it, got man. room for another player at the table? That's how I met my crew. That's how I met my people in Connecticut. I know. I know. And to be fair, we have been incredibly busy, like, all all year until now. Yeah. Like, she comes home tomorrow night from a work trip, and that's, like, the first breather we've had in months. So, maybe in October or September, I'll start maybe trying to gather you got it, man. You got it. some courage and just say, hey, guys, anybody want to play with me? Hey, guys, anyone want to play with I got some cool games. Yeah, like, I'll I got some cool games. Like, <laughs> check out my collection and let me know if there's something you guys want me to bring to play. Yeah, I'll bribe them. That'll be that's the way in their hearts, probably. But I follow them, and then I'll see like what like they played Ankh, and they were like, one of the guys was like, yeah, I didn't like the, like this thing or about it. So it's like I get a little bit of insight into some mm. of their gaming taste because mm-hmm. they'll play, they'll post up, they'll be like, oh yeah, we played like Wingspan and you know, uh, like uh, Dune Imperium and the Crew tonight. And I was like, those games all kind of sound sick. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you owe it to yourself to do this so you can play Ankh. It's worth it. I know, because I know. I, I, I am glad I didn't back it. But it would be fun to play. And I think as much as I would like to play it with like all of you guys in Arizona, I, I, I wonder if like I would rather use gaming time when I'm in town to play like other games that aren't on that I wouldn't be sure if I would enjoy. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I think they're playing it tonight. Oh, get out of here, man. 
So no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, I mean, Benz is playing it tonight with the guys. Oh, I'm sure. got it, got it, got it. So there's no posts in the WhatsApp. I don't think yet, but hopefully we can get some cool pics of some massive freaking miniatures. Oh, I thought you were gonna say some massive uh, hippo titties. Dicks. Oh, okay. No, no, I wasn't expecting that. But dude, those you didn't see the I posted a bunch. I did see them. Yes, and that's when I realized how big they were. I don't think I realized how big they were until you posted that, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, those are huge!" <laughs> All right, but tonight, after how long have we been recording? We've been recording for an hour and a half. We are finally ready. This is this is classic old school drop the dice right here, where it's like we just bullshit for an hour and a half before we get to like the topic or whatever. Um, I, I bet people love that about us. Uh, they were like, these yeah. guys just have make inside jokes about Argent and Arkham Horror <laughs> and Key Flower all night long, and then they finally talk about something I care about. The but best will be if Ben about... cuts it all out and just and just right. as the talk of shame, and so then it starts with you saying, after the last hour and a half, and everyone's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, but hey, at least we we had great conversation, so it was probably yeah. worth it. Um, so tonight we're talking about acquisitions. We're talking about our shelf of shame. So, okay. so uh, we went over earlier. You have thirty-seven games on this list. You have approximately between like four fifty, five hundred, somewhere in there. Uh, and so, I think you what you were looking at was like seven percent of your games, which is pretty good. Because yeah. I have seven games on my list, and I think I have one hundred and eleven in my basement. So I'm at right around that seven percent as well. Yeah. So, like like I said earlier, I was shocked at how few you – I thought you guys would have just had so much more. Because you, you do have such large collections. Especially, I will say, to your credit, I thought Benz would have a lot more. Yeah. Well, I, he might be I just in always a little thought bit. that he know. has had a very close number to me, which he has denied forever. Which is crazy because yeah. he also buys games at, a, at, a, at an alarming rate. Uh, as do I. I'm not alarming, saying I'm any alarming, alarming. Right. And true, <laughs> if you both have the same amount of games, it, it that is true. That it, right. But I think what's interesting though, um, and this is something you, you could find out from listening, but I'll tell you now, is that he, in the past year, I think there's only like, like excluding Kickstarters that have been delivered, like games he's purchased. He's played almost every single one. There's only been like one or two in the past year that he has purchased at like a game store or online or whatever that have come in that he hasn't played. And I was incredibly impressed by that because he was saying like, oh, his most recent ones were Alma Mater. And I was like, I saw Alma Mater when I saw you in November last year. Remember that? So I was like, that's amazing. The Mm -hmm. fact that like the games you're getting, you are playing, probably getting a few less because the gaming has been a little more... Um, infrequent as of late with them, but it's you know like, what, I was like, that's, you know what a that's more really interesting, good. Not to say that this is not interesting because this is cool and I'm excited to get into it, but um, a number that would maybe really expose how we play games and how quickly we buy them is if we mm-hmm. made a list of all the games we have only played once. Yeah. I, 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 I yes. And, that's, that's the one that would be like, oh, right. so 50%, right. you know, I don't know. Because that's the thing is, Benz will say like, oh, we played that a lot. And I was like, you mean you played it twice? 
Like he said, he'll say that he was saying it in TMG when he was talking about the Crusaders. I was like, I think you've only played that game a couple times. Right, or Scoville. Right. Like, and he says, like, oh, you play it once a year. So it's like, okay, so you played it five times now. But that's good. I like, mean, it, it, that, that, and I will say, anything over two plays is pretty good for that group. Right. And in, in our group in general, I have a smaller collection and we tend to play the same games over and over here because it becomes familiar and so it's then easy to play. We don't need a game like Viticulture, Grand Austria Hotel, Wingspan. We don't need. To go over the rules again, we don't need to go over what we need to set up. Like I literally just like we pull the game out, we set it up, and we start playing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like because we play them so often, and then we'll, usually we'll play games twice in a row if we have time for it. Um, whereas when you do have new games coming in every single week or whatever, you are going to be more likely to like play new ones. It's like oh, we played you know whatever. Um, I don't know what, gosh, what's it? We played Praga, and like that was cool. And like mm-hmm. now this week we're gonna play Ankh, and then next week we're gonna play Eclipse or whatever. But um, Praga was on his list, and he's like stoked to play it, mostly because of how much you've raved about it. Oh, I like it a lot. Very good. Yeah, yeah, it looks sick. It looks super sick. Um, all right, so seven percent approximately of your gaming collection is on your shelf of shame. Okay. Defined as games you own that you have not played. All right. And you also are including in this games that, like, you played the game, but not your copy of it, which is cool. Okay. Um, so let's let's go through this list. Let's run through the list real quick. All right. I I, I guess actually the, the obvious one that stands out to me is that one, two, three, four, five, six of the games are legacy games. Uh, that is interesting. I see three legacies on here. We got Clank, Pandemic 2, Pandemic 0, Rise of Queensdale, Vampire, Heritage, um, and Sleeping yep. Gods. Yeah, you're right. That As soon as I said that, I was like, oh, and Vampire, Heritage, and Sleeping Gods. Yeah, I didn't, Rise of Queensdale, I don't think I knew that much about. Okay. Uh, that is interesting, and you haven't played any of them. Are you... This gets into, Ben's talked about this a little bit with like something like Oath or Sleeping Gods where he's looking for that right group. Do you find with the Legacy games, because most of these have been out for a while, specifically Legacy Season 2 um, and uh, Clank Legacy have been out for a couple of years now. Do you find that you're waiting for the right group or are they like recent purchases or they well, just I had Well, I had a goal. Um, I had a bunch of goals for this year, and I feel like I've done pretty good, but one of them was to complete five campaign or legacy games, and I did My City, Aeon's End Legacy, most of King's Dilemma, we got about three-fourths of the way through, and all of the initiatives, so that is four that I've already finished this year. Very cool, so you only got one more for that list. Yeah, so I've got to pick one of these six that I'm going to do this year. But, I mean, I, I feel good about it. Like, even though there are six legacy ones on here, part of it mm-hmm. is feeling what's right with what group. But I also yeah. have felt like this year I was able to get into some of them and start burning that down and do exactly, like, what I wanted to. And I feel pretty damn good about it. <laughs> right. How many of those did you play, like, only with your brother when he was in town? Only Aeon's End. Okay. So okay. I did 
a lot of them I did with my brother as a part of it. Sure, um, but but it it was with a group. Yes, it was with a group. My city was with three. Aeon Zen was with him. King's Dilemma was with my normal game group plus my brother, so the mm-hmm. full five. And then Initiative was nice. with my other brother and my father. So we did three for that. Very one. It was cool. pretty sick. How how did you how did you like Initiative as a whole? It is super simple, and it worked very well for my group. Nice. Okay. Cool. Uh, love that. That game looks, that game, when I first heard about it, I was like, that game sounds just very neat. Doing something mm-hmm. a little different. I like that. I would say, not that you asked, but um, the best gamers game that was Legacy that I played this year was King's Dilemma. Phenomenal if you have a gamers group to play with. And then the best, you like, have you ha- simple. I remember you saying you really liked that one, yeah. Uh, um, the best simple one was My City. It is so cathartic i've also heard great things about that and i've heard that's a game because it is short like you play it a couple times in a row it's yeah i don't think we played it once all right let's put it away and come back next week it's like let's play three rounds of it and then yeah three is perfect it takes about 20 minutes for a game so you feel like yeah you know just just a smidge over an hour and you got through a whole module Mm -hmm. it's it feels super satisfying Cool. That's super cool. All right. So what? Uh, let's list off these games. You want me to do that, or are you doing that? Uh, you do it because you have more than me. Okay. All right. I've got Forged in Steel, Kanban Second Edition, Clank Legacy, Pandemic Two, Pandemic Zero, Renegade. Rise of Queensdale, Key Market, Lahav, my copy, Bonfire, Underwater Cities expansion. I put an expansion on here because it costs as much as the base game or, or close to. Yeah, and it, it adds quite a lot. I've never gotten into it. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like it deserved its place here. Um, Pax Premier Second right. Edition, El Ga- Gaucho, the cow herding game, March of the Ants. Endeavor Age of Sales, Second Edition, Isle of Cats, Pipeline, Cooper Island, Vampire Heritage, Maracaibo, Cosmic Colonies, Discover Lands Unknown, Merv, Detective City of Angels, Bloodborne, Tokyo Highway, Catacombs, Third Edition, My Copy, Tawatinsinuyu, <laughs> I think I got that, Expedition to New Dale, Combo Fighter, Rival Networks, Fortune City, Sierra West, Spirit Island, Brides and Bribes, Sleeping Gods, Unfair, and Nemesis. Wow. A lot of very interesting games on this list. I don't... Ooh, I don't think there's anything on here that I've played. It, it's a, it's a kind uh, of a weird I, list, huh? I played Lahav. Oh, I played Pax Premier. You're going to like Pax Premier. And I played ooh. Sleeping Gods. Ooh, very cool. Yeah. So, um, oh, you have Tokyo Highway. I, I want Tokyo Highway so bad. It's, I see it right there, had, right there on your shelf. Dude, I've had Tokyo Highway for so long, and there's been more than once that I've pulled it out, and the groups that I've tried to, you know, play it with really haven't been interested. Um, do you, do you, have, you have the four-player version? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting, and maybe it's because like I don't actually know what the game is other than like you place 
I don't know if there's more game behind, like, you place little, like, riser things out or whatever, and you try to move your car along a path. I don't, I don't know if there's more to it, but, like, it just seems kind of fun. I know. I'm shocked that people aren't like, yeah, let's do this. And you have tweezers. What's not to want to love? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I didn't know, I didn't know there were tweezers, so that is interesting. Um, ooh, one of the, it's not legacy, but it's kind of campaign. Detective City of Angels is also another one that I think you're like, if you're the clue giver or whatever, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the screw or whatever they call it, like you can't really ever play that mission again because you Mm -hmm. know all the answers. Yeah. But isn't that the classic, like, I don't know. I'm having trouble thinking of another example, but you can't play it again so long as you remember. (laughs) Well, so I'm that way with Unlock and Exit Games. Uh Uh-huh. Where, especially Unlock, where I played one or two of them, but I still have them, because I'm like, I don't remember the... Right. I don't remember the... uh, I remember, like, different things that happened, where I was like, oh, that was kind of cool. Or I remember, like, when I was, like, kind of stumped. But I don't actually remember the solution to it anymore. Because yeah, it's been two years or whatever. And Exit Games, same thing. I was like, I played, I think, three Exit Games now. I don't remember the answers to any of them. Mm-hmm. If I saw it in front of me again, maybe I would kind of recognize that, like, oh, yeah, I know I kind of had to do something. This is important. But, like, I don't remember any of it. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, my rule of thumb is, like, those just, games again. Check, just check the UPC. It's always the barcode. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I like that. Um, no, so that is a good point. I'm trying to think of something I might have played where you like can't help but remember it, though. Yeah, I don't know. You're pre- you you could very well be right then on that. I whatever. It's not the kind of thing that re- really I care about because right. I have so many games, and in those games there are so many missions to do in so many of them like right not a n- not not a problem i've ever encountered before oh i can't play that thing again <laughs> right right i think maybe like tragedy looper is one where maybe you would start recognizing that like mm-hmm. maybe but even then and granted i've never been on the side where it's like on like the like the gm side running tragedy looper where it's like you really have to study what it is so that you can kind of like try to figure out and plan what you want to do. And so then maybe it would be much harder to like forget what you did or whatever. But that's interesting. So yeah, maybe Detective City of Angels wouldn't necessarily be. I think it's maybe it's not a campaign. I felt like you were supposed to play it with the same people, but maybe not. Maybe that's not the case. Um, but all right, so with your list, how many of them are like pretty recent acquisitions and like that's why it hasn't gotten to the table versus like games like how many of them are games you've had for a little while now and like they're just not getting to the table yeah they're they're i think it's probably more interesting the the older ones mm-hmm. forged and steel was a game that i got when um oh what's the what's the classic um two-player america versus ussr uh, war card game, Twilight Struggle. Back when Twilight Struggle was still number yeah. one on the charts, um, this was a game that I heard being talked about because it's another. But it's it's uh, it plays up to like five people, 
and it's a, a card-driven war game with an area control mechanic where you like build up the city and you can take over different province provinces in it. Um, and so that's why I got it, because I was like, oh, that, see, whatever. I don't know what I was quite thinking. Um, but like, I think it's a kind of unbalanced game. I think that it's a pretty niche game. I just don't know if I'll ever get it to the table. I don't even know if I want to. I don't know yeah. who would be like, oh, I I'm love that. I'm looking at this now. <laughs> but I yeah, bought this in 2015. I'm looking at the board. It looks interesting. Gotcha. Or 2016 or something like that, you know? I think, 26, I think it's a 2016 game instead. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I've never even heard of this game. But you're right. It's got the battle card driven, area majority. Very interesting. It's actually selling for quite a bit of money on oh. <laughs> the geek market. Like people are trying to sell it for like 80, 90 bucks. Honestly, that's probably what I paid for it. No, wow, no, so it might expensive. it might have been fifty or sixty bucks. Okay. But that, it was definitely okay. like you have that's to buy from the expect. publisher, you gotta pay for shipping. I mean like it was not a it was not a game yeah, that it I looks got. Like it's for got a heavier off. weight. And a little bit longer play time. Very interesting. I've never heard of this game. That is kind of cool. See, I could hang on to that if somebody wanted to play it, but I just, I just, yeah. I got like a group of, you right, know, not, right. not newbies, but I have hundreds of classics and, you know, really dependable games to get through before I'm like, all right, it's time to play Forge and Steel. <laughs> I understand 100% what you're, yeah. And I, I wonder if this is the designer's only. Uh, I guess he has a couple games from, like, the mid-2000s he made. Okay. Weird. But no one's ever rated, so they're probably unpublished. So this is the only game he's ever had published. Interesting. Okay. All right. So, Forged in Steel. Not probably ever going to see All right. The I've got day. another interesting one that um, I... I bought it for myself, and I just need to take it upon myself to learn and play it. Um, but Renegade, which was the Ricky Royal game, mm -hmm. and I think that he styled it after the card play in Mage Knight that he's such a huge fan of. Um, Where you can, like, keep some of your hand back? Yeah. Um, it's a co-op game. Yeah, that's an underrated, that's an underrated mechanism. I think that it plays very well at solo, like, had that in mind. Um... So I haven't played that. I feel like that would be uh, way, right up your alley. It, it It is looking interesting, and it does say the community says it's best at one. Wow. <laughs> Which is very, yeah, it plays one to five. Community says one to three, best at one. It looks kind of interesting. What else do yeah, you have? Ooh. I'm going to turn me on to this. I might have to check this out. Renegade. Victory Point Games. Cyberpunk's a cool theme. I like that. Yeah, this looks like a cool game. Uh, does Benz have this? I feel like I've seen this on I his shelf. No or maybe I just see it on the game Hold store on. I'm shelf. Grab a game. What do you know about this game? Fortune City? Mm-hmm. I this is a, don't know. This I've is never a heard Japanese of this game. game. Um, I bought it at Gen Con. I had to print out 
myself a nice copy of some English rules, which I've done here. Nice. Okay. Here's my Japanese rules. Um, <laughs> look at these little meeples. They're screen printed little Japanese. Um, they look wow. a lot like um, Wii characters. Yeah, yeah. Little Mies, and the Mies come in different colors. They're all wearing different little outfits. Seriously, there's like bags and bags of these little Mii stylized characters. Um, wow. Here's the cute little money. Um, you assemble a grid that turns into a little city, and that's what your little uh, Wii characters go on to. And you are, oh, it has a, the action selection board is real cute. So each person has one of their little player boards. Um, and you would move along these little rondelles to do your action selection. I think it's been, Ooh, it's been a while. That's since sick, I love rondelles. All right. And, yeah. uh, and here is the piece of resistance. This is your credit card. Credit cards? <laughs> oh, that's sick. These are not. <laughs> that like, is literally, so if this cool. was in your wallet, you could swipe this. They're gorgeous. Wow, that is. And so they're functional. Cool. I think you like put. You're supposed to put pieces on it or something. Anyways. That is crazy. That is absolutely crazy. And I've never played this. I got this three years ago. Ah. <sighs> This one's this one qualifies as shame. Yeah. Yeah, that that is a cool looking that's in like a unique looking game. For yeah. sure, that's pretty sweet. Um real quick while we're talking about this cuz I'm on BGG looking at these games. I also just saw on that that board game meetup of the town nearby they play Grand Austria Hotel tonight, so now I'm just missing out. Yeah. I just, you need I to go. They're probably playing the new one. Uh, I, I hope so. Gosh, I just keep kicking myself that I didn't back Let's Waltz. Well. Because they also said they're like, we don't know. We'll sell extras in our like publisher store online afterwards but like that's it and i'm like oh my problem was i didn't want the special deluxified everything so i was like i don't i kind of like the cubes i kind of mm -hmm. like just the black and red and white and brown cubes you're you're one dm away from getting to play it in your local game group just slide Maybe. into them dms I'm, come on man potentially they might not have let's waltz though they didn't say they played let's waltz oh Maybe i thought you i thought you were gonna say they might not let me in <laughs> Well, they might not let me in, too, dude. Just unfurl your Who new knows? Eclipse playmat. I know. Just just flop it on the table. Exactly. <laughs> Unfold it and be like, yeah, coming in with that, that BPE, that big playmat energy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, so Fortune City, that looks like a sweet game. I'm noticing a couple, uh, a couple of... Um, Oh, what's his name? Fister Games on your list. Yeah. Um, you know, Marakaibo is one of those games that I read the rule book and I didn't play it in the same week that I read the rule book. Oh, and the thought of reading the and the thought of reading the rule book again <laughs> to maybe not play it in the same week. Like, bro, what you yeah, want me to do? Yeah. 
that's tough. Also, you could just wait for the expansion that gets rid of some of the problematic stuff in it, right? Sure, sure. Is it an expansion or is it like a reprint that's like post-colonial? I don't know. I think it's an expansion where you can like help the native people keep the bad guys away or something like that. But I am Spirit glad Island. that Fister is... Yeah, I'm glad that Fister's taking a little bit. His next new game or whatever is supposed to... He was very deliberate in saying that you're taking, like, you're, like, doing resources and stuff on this area that long ago was inhabited <laughs> by human beings. Nice. Long ago, wasn't it? No longer. There's no one there. You're not treading on other people's stuff anymore. And I was like... All right, so you're finally starting to get that, like, you know, there's some buzz things you can, buzzwords you can throw in there that make it slightly more appropriate. All I know is that this means I can buy a new copy of Mombasa. Mombasa, yeah, yeah. Stoked, I, what's man. the new theme going to be? Love that game. Is it? So I, I've never played that one. Is that an area control kind of? Yep. It has an area okay. control aspect on the board, but there are several other little puzzles. Um, you know, there's one with books on your player board that is also mm -hmm. interesting. I, I do think the area control part is the most interesting part of the game. Um, okay. Well, actually, that's not true. The way that you play cards and do your, your selection, um, that's the most interesting part of the game. That is so, so good. So I can't wait okay. to pick up a copy of that. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever new version of that comes out, um, I'd definitely be interested in seeing what that's going to be about. I'm excited for the new Great Western Trail. Because mm. I really, really enjoyed Great Western Trail. And I didn't actually have a problem with the art before. But now it is. It, it was kind of like around the time I started buying games again. It was when they announced it, like, oh, hey, we're going to have a new Great Western Trail. I was like, I'll just wait for that then. Like, that's yeah. cool. That's fine. And I, I did see recently, I saw some of the new artwork. And they changed a cut, like, a, a little bit, a little more inclusive stuff in it while also, like, hmm. just changing other stuff completely or whatever. So, like, now there's a black guy is like, the engineer, con the conductor. What, you have the cowboys? Mm-hmm. Like the the engineers and the conductors. There's a black guy as a conductor. The ladies, the engineer, and there's still like some white dudes, a cowboy. But then the native teepee hazards are now like bandits that mm. you're That's picking cool. up for bounties or whatever. Yeah, so they've taken out the because I think originally it was supposed to be, you were like trading with the native people, but people were like, oh, it's kind of like getting bounties on them, which is like obviously an issue. So, yeah, I think that they've actually taken some time to maybe look at this, see what, what some problematic things are or whatever, and change that up. Now with more up, attractive so cows, I would assume. I, I think they are. Uh, they're, they're, yeah, they're a little like they're, different. Like they some fine-ass like, heifers. They look like paintings now, which is kind of cool. Yeah. All the artwork kind of looks like a, like a like watercolor painting, which is, I'm down I'm, for that. I'm so. into that. Cows or not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so also, yeah. um, that's good. So Fister, yeah, and then whatever he does next. I mean, he I haven't played a lot of his games. When I look at it, it's like I played Isle of Sky, Great Western Trail, and the, the nice thing is though, Cloud Age. A lot of them, 
or at least his last couple have the same Great Western Trail, you know, aspect. And I think that for me, it was easy to see how Mombasa even built into Great Western Trail. So if you've like played one of those designs, you can like mm-hmm. understand the common threads that he's, you know, weaving in between all these. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know a lot of what he's got cooking, basically. Right. And I, I like that he has that, like almost like a through line. You can see that something similar to like what Rosenberg does. Mm-hmm. Where you can see where Rosenberg like has an idea and then he's like, well, you know what? I kind of like this tiling thing. I'm just going to make patchwork real quick. Yeah. It's like just tiling. And then it's like, and then I'll get to a feast for Odin while I'm working on a feast for Odin and all the actions. Let me make this tiling thing real quick while I'm doing it. And then like, you know, and then he comes out with something that like completely changes like the Haller tile, like the field system or whatever, which is super interesting and innovative. You know, and it's like, I'm excited to see what he does with that now. And so it's mm-hmm. like, I, I liked it, you know, and, and maybe Fister's taking a, a page out of his book of like, you know, where it's like, you can see where like something was an iteration of, of something else and, and using certain commonalities between um, different versions of his games. All right. So we got Fister, we got Forge and Steel, we got Fortune City, Renegade, we talked about... Brides and Bribes, when did you pick that up? Uh, One going on two years, probably. Okay, and what did you see at the game store, or did you seek it out? It's a heavier game than I think you would expect it to be. And it has... Right. I mean, I I just happily want to blame me not playing this on the rulebook, which is, like, small, without any pictures... And just like condensed text. And it okay. just like, it just kind of scared me away. And I never really got in the mood to read it. And uh, and I never played it. But I heard good things about it. I mean, it was recommended to me by one of my friends in Connecticut, Larry, who has admittedly a very eccentric okay. taste. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. There are some games that, like, I know that I want to get off of my list of shame and that I know will be good when I do get them off of my list of shame. There are other ones that I am kind of like, I honestly don't know, and I don't have a huge incentive to, to get it off. So um, so with that, one of my questions is, do you currently have any plans to play any of these games? So you know, like, next week I'm playing this with the group, or within, like, the next month I know, like, this one's definitely going to come out, or, like, I'm really going to try to get this one out. Yeah. I honestly don't think that I have a ton of low-hanging fruit on this list. Okay. So do you find that most of them are games you've had for a while and it's like the longer you have them the less likely you are to get them out some of them i do think that way it's like they follow deeper and deeper down that pit yeah there's there's probably some of these midweight euro games that like i can you know grab and check off the list without too much difficulty um yeah but yeah some of the other ones on the reverse of that though a midweight euro is like maybe one of the most packed genres there is so i (laughs) i found personally um, one of the games on my list, all the games, so six of the games on my list I've purchased or acquired in the past five, six months. Mm-hmm. One game I've had since the beginning of 2016. Oh, love it. What is it? Prodigal's Club. No. 
Yeah. Dude, my buddy in Connecticut that I stayed with, he has a copy of Prodigal's Club that's on his unplayed list since I knew met him as well in, yeah. I don't know, 2016, 2017? Yeah. Yeah, because it was when I was buying off of, I think, like, Miniature Market, and I was getting some Game of Thrones packs, and... There's something else, and I needed another game to get like the free shipping. I was at like sixty bucks or whatever, and I was looking, and you had recently been talking about how much you liked Prodigal's Club, and I was like, oh, yeah. like I really liked Last Will. You can even combine them for the Mega Game. I was like, I'll just pay, I'll pick up Prodigal's Club. That sounds sick, and so I bought it, and then we never played it. I and did I Mega Game, your... man. Did you like it, or was it like? Just I mean, it's a bit of a mess, but like up. it yeah. was worth it. <laughs> yeah nice and that's the thing it's like i'd really i'd really like to mega game it just to yeah. see what that's like but i actually left it in az when i moved and like that's how far down that i mm. I, I took like a couple games with me kind of thing and then when we drove back last year we drove back twice both times i brought some games with me that i had there and prodigal's club was one of them and i remember when i was there i told bent i was like I have Prodigal's Club if you want to play it. I can read the rules real quick. Um, it hadn't even been punched, I don't think. I, like, punched it while I was there wow. just in case. He was like, yeah, bring it. And then he didn't say bring it. And so I was like, well, I'm, I don't know when I'm going to play this game. But I brought it back with me. And I was telling him, I was like, I think the thing is, like, I don't miss it because I've never played it before. It's not like I played it once and now it just sits on my shelf forever. Mm-hmm. It's like I've never played it, so I, I'm not – missing anything that i haven't played before and it wasn't already like the top of my list to play like something like brass birmingham if i bought that game i played immediately right and and that's how most games are nowadays that when i get them i do play them fairly quickly because i know i want them i've either played them before or i've done like enough research to know this is a game i really really want and a lot of that's also due to the fact that like i have I put myself on my own little budget with it. Of like, I only really use money that I've gotten from selling other games, and so because of that, I only it buy games like I know a, I really want. You found a cheat code, dude, an infinite loop. Yeah, right, right, exactly. It's like, oh, I don't want you, but so like, I wouldn't buy Prodigal's Club now. Yeah, but I did buy it, and so it's sat on my shelf for five years now. See, that's your incentive is you have to play it so that you can sell it. I know I've thought about it but I don't you got to keep the infinite money loop. for it. Uh, I think I have looked. I have looked cuz there are some games um, before that I had that I I like got used and then never played them and it was like yeah maybe I shouldn't have bought that or whatever. Um, and so I like, go on and then I would see that like People are selling it for like it's like a it's a, let's say it's like a forty five dollar game. People are selling it for like twenty bucks, fifteen bucks. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. so you sell it in fifteen bucks, costs fifteen bucks to ship it, mm-hmm. and it's like a lot of people because of Amazon and because of free shipping over a hundred bucks. A lot of people they don't want to pay for shipping, mm-hmm. and they don't realize that like oh, when you're selling a game, probably going to cost between like fifteen and twenty five bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, most yeah. normal to big box games, and so it's like then you got to like you got to drop your price way down so that you can compete with Amazon who's then like selling a new version of it with free shipping 
you know, for like 50 bucks. So you got to sell yours at like 30 bucks so that they buy it and they're spending 45 bucks on it, 15 of which is shipping, which you have to pay too. So they're just like reimbursing you for that. So you're selling a game that's basically brand new for 30 bucks so that you can actually sell it. It just. <laughs> yeah, you're looking at this all sucks. wrong, man. You need to find. What's another game that you might trade? Uh, I'd maybe get rid of Clinic right now. Yeah, you need to find the guy that's like, man, I really wish that I had Clinique and Prodigal's Club. I did have, I actually just this morning, I had someone geek mail me and they sent me and said like, oh, I saw you had these three games on your want to buy list. Like yeah, I have them. I thought it'd be a great way to get rid of them. But he also didn't tell me anything he wanted from my list. Yeah, just tell him, send it right over. I thought was weird, right? And the problem was, maybe all he three wants game... Clinic and Prodigal's Club. <laughs> <laughs> right? They're all three games that, like, someday I know I'd maybe like to have, but, like, I don't want to buy right now. It was Power Grid, which I really enjoy, but, yeah. like, I don't need right now. Twilight Struggle, which, again, I really enjoy. Maybe when I have kids someday, I'll want to play that with them. But, like, I don't have anyone I'm going to play that with now. And I'd probably rather play Watergate, if I'm going to be honest, because it's a bit shorter time with it with the similar feel. And Agricola, which mm. I'm like, I played that game, like, 25 times. I don't, And I have Caverna here. Yeah. Like, Agricola is probably technically a better game. But, like, not, no one of those three games are games that I'd really like to get right now. Yeah. So unless he's trying to find Clinic and Prodigal's Club, <laughs> like I have no reason to to want yeah. those. It was it was too bad. I was like, man, that's because I never get someone saying like, here's a trade offer or right. whatever. But you're right, the trading might be the way to go. I like that. Um, all right, so enough with my list. Let's get back. Let's get back to yours. <laughs> Is there anything on my list that you think I should prioritize, or you'd be interested to hear me talk about? Or uh, Spirit Island. I've heard just heard great things about Spirit Island. Yeah. Do you? Is your group? Do they like co-op games? I haven't really exposed them to that many co-op games. Um, I've never played Spirit Island. It, you know, is another one with a large overhead in terms of rule sets um, and things going on and, and part of the complexity in the board and the moving pieces and the gods that you're playing with and the various powers that each person has. All of that makes it harder to quarterback because mm -hmm. the decisions that you can and, and have to make um, aren't as clear for one person to just observe you know, all the different things that are happening and powers that you have and hidden information that you might have. So I, I, I've heard that Spirit Island is one of the games that is harder to, to quarterback, um, mm -hmm. which people like about it. And then all of that, that variety and complexity, I think when you do delve into it, people like it because it's got, you know, it, it rewards you for putting time into it because it has a lot of stuff to give back. That's um, cool. I don't know if I'll get there. It's got some ugly yeah. ass pieces, though. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those little mushroom things. Not a fan. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And I tip. I typically do like. Uh, was it greater than games? What else have they done? 
Well, they do a lot of stuff with Dice Hate Me. Okay. Um, I believe in their partnership, so I could be wrong here. Maybe this is only published by one of them, but I want to say like um, Fate of the Elder Gods, those cassette games like Laser Riders. Um, cassette games? What are those? I don't think I've heard of those. Yeah, they did like a series of games that came in VHS boxes. L- Laser Riders is the one that comes to mind. Oh, and that's they were cool. kind of like style. Cool. Yeah, yeah, very cool aesthetic. Okay, so I'm look, I'm looking here now. Yeah, you're right. Exoplanets. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that Fate one. of the Elder Gods. Medium that like new. I guess it's it's kind of like a party game. Get Bit. Um, Brewcrafters Travel card game, which is Laser Riders. That game looks kind of sick. No, that's what I was talking that. about. I don't know what I said. That's what yeah. I'm no, that that is what you said. Homebrewers, um, I think that was a game Bus really liked. Yeah, so it looks like they do have a bit of a collection here that I was not aware of. Um, all right, so Spirit Island. Let's see what else. Uh, Rival Networks. That's the the dual, like that's the two player version. Mm-hmm. That just came out, and it's funny okay. because like that- even after picking it up. I feel like I'd rather just have big networks because I do enjoy it. Um, yeah, okay. That was one of those, it's cheap enough that I was like, yeah, all right, I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've never played networks, but it looks, I, it's always looked like a cool game. Mm-hmm. There's novelty all in right. it. Part of the game is the novelty and the, the cleverness of the TV shows and the art that goes with them. It's very cute. Mm-hmm. It's very clever. So part of that, I mean, like, it's hard to say that you're going to have as much fun on your fifth time as you would your first time, um, because that will have worn off by then. Yeah. So that's what has okay. stopped me from getting it in the past. Okay. So there's that no shame sense. on that one, because I just, I just bought that. <laughs> um, you have Key Market on here. And I know I, I've got like Key Flowers, the... like one of your favorite games ever. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's not Richard Breeze, though. No, it is. Oh, oh, no. it's, it's developed by him, but mm-hmm. the designer's David Brain. Yeah, do you this have, is do a... you have the new one, or do you have the original version? Yeah, this is the new the new version. Okay, second edition. Uh, um, how did what, what? How does this one work? I don't. I, I don't think I know how this one plays. I'm not sure that I do either. But I did read a review that like kind of killed my excitement for it once I had it, which was they had a lot of really good things to say about it. But I think what they said was it is seven rounds, and each of those seven rounds plays out the same, and so it can oh, feel as though there's no climax. There's no, you know building towards this thing it sort of feels samey round in round out mm-hmm. they like the game and the mechanics but sort of that structure didn't feel that rewarding and i remember That's going interesting oh. <laughs> that does yeah it's like it's the little things like sometimes good things you know? about it yeah that that can that can immediately tell you you can you can hear that and it just it does it kind of tells you everything you need to know about and maybe maybe you would have totally different experience, but as soon as you hear that, yeah, that's that is interesting. Um, 
Benz had keep her on his list, and he said mm. it's just like too heavy. Yeah. For the group, maybe it's too heavy for the group, and like he doesn't think the guys are there yet. Like they wouldn't enjoy that. I also but, think it's not just that. I mean, like Z-Man will part as a bit and part because he means it will bitch at you if you're going to make him play a farming game. Yeah. And yeah. Keeper Keeper is like a it, yeah. it's kind of like an ultimate farming game. I mean like you bust that thing out. There's like 10 different kinds of resources, like six different kinds of animeeple resources in there and it's all like an economy thing where you're collecting those and trading them in and I mean you're 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 straight up just moving moving all these different resources around and converting them and selling them and buying them. Yeah, he he yeah. hated it. <laughs> yeah and it's funny because i was just telling ben's so when we were talking we were talking about um alma mater and Takenu on his list hmm. and i was saying how alma mater especially more so than Takenu, but it was a game when i first heard about it, i was like "Ooh, that sounds kind of exciting that looks fun and then i watched a little bit of a playthrough and it was kind of like i just don't know if those kind of games are that interesting to me anymore where mm-hmm. You're really just moving resources around, whatever they are. And that one, right, it's like books or whatever. But, like, when you're just moving resources around and moving up tracks, I don't know how interesting that is to me anymore. Yeah. Which is a bummer. It's like that medium to medium heavy Euro games are, like, my bread and butter. If it's, ra- if it's like, weight on BGG is, like, 3.4 to, like, 3.84, like, those are the games I love. Yeah. I will but, say that is why Marco Polo is such a good game because you have a goal in mind. So for okay. when when I play a feast for Odin, you have your central board and you can buy all the 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 islands that you can travel to. And at no mm-hmm. time do I ever think I'm going to fill up every space on all that stuff that I collect. You know, all okay. the islands in my main board. I'm like, I want to fill up a lot of it, but I can also get my points elsewhere. And mm-hmm. so to me, that basically says, like, try to end the game the best that you can. But in Marco Polo, you start with a card that says you're going to get big buco points if you can drop a house in this city on this side of the map and this city on the other side of the map. And so right then at the beginning of the game, you're like, yo, let's go do it. And it gives nice. you a purpose and a goal and you feel accomplished by doing that specific thing. So games where you're just moving up tracks or you're just collecting resources, games that basically just say, like, do the most that you can in five rounds. Um, right. Are, they do feel a little more hollow than a game that gives you a purpose. And and, and that makes sense. And it's, it's almost like the... It's like point salad games versus, like, a focused... And not even because, I mean, there's some games where you can get points from, mm-hmm. like, you, when you have, like, the little pad at the end. And it's like, okay, you get points from here, here, and here. But then it's like, do all those things come together? Like, something like Wingspan is essentially a point salad. Get eggs, put car- tuck cards, cash food on your cards, and then, like, play the birds. And you, you get points from all those things. But they're all kind of just, like, I guess they're, they're, they're intertwined. But you're just kind of doing it to do it. Grand Austria Hotel, it like thematically makes sense. It's like, okay, you open up rooms 
you invite guests into your like dining area, you feed them whatever they want, then you go and put them in their room and lock the door. All of that stuff makes sense. Now you get points from, yeah. you know, it, but then you have that that Emperor Trek, which is like a totally extraneous thing that doesn't deal anything thematically with that game. Um, but that game, like together, besides that, that's the only thing that feels fiddly and gamey. But other than that, the game feels like it, it, it thematically makes sense with what you're doing. And I think I like games that feel like that. Or if they're doing something really interesting and innovative. Like, I'm also interested in playing those kinds of games where it's doing something different and new or exciting or there's a cool component to it or something like that. But yeah, the games where it's kind of just like it's moving resources around and moving up tracks for the sake of moving up tracks with some pasted on theme. I think I've played a lot of them and I'm just less interested in them now than I used to be. Mm -hmm. And I used... um, I used Lorenzo Il Magnifico as an example because, uh, like, love Grand Austria Hotel. Didn't really like Lorenzo. I thought Lorenzo was fine. It was, like, a totally fine game, but not a game I ever want to play again. And because that one felt a lot more like I was just uh, moving up tracks. Uh, I didn't like Lorenzo Il Magnifico that much. It felt like moving up tracks with, like... Out feel, without feeling like I'm doing whatever I'm actually doing whatever I'm doing in the game. Mm-hmm. And Grand Astro Hotel, I felt much more like I'm doing exactly what thematically makes sense. Yeah, and I think that as much as people like to use like the trope of trading in the Mediterranean, there's not actually that many games that do that. I feel like there's a lot of games where you're just you're pushing resources around and moving up tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally and those agree. games are fine. We I I played a lot of them, and they're all good games. They're all well designed games. But as far as what I'm interested in now, yeah, with my taste slightly developing in a different route, I'm less interested in those games now. Yeah, you got to play yourself some uh some Zulkin because you're going, because you you're going up some mm-hmm. God tracks, man, and those are hella important. But uh, the strategy is is present. Very right, and it's doing something that looks interesting, which is inter- cool because it's like that's a 2012 game, I think. Hmm. And so it's like you got to go back in time. It's not like, oh, it's a new exciting twist where they're adding like this mechanism and this mechanism and they're making some cool thing. It's like, no, it's an old game that is doing something really cool. Zulkin looks like a fun game. I'd love to play it. All right. So speaking of that, you also have you have Tawansuyu on your list, which is that's the the Turksy. Is it a solo design by him? Yep, it is. Okay, and that one's got the board that I think we saw it at the game store, and Ariel was asking me like, "Oh, is like is that?" I was like, "This is you know, kind of looks like a cool game." She's like, "Oh, like maybe you should get that one," and I showed her the back. And it and she was like, yeah, never mind, because like that's the kind of thing she hates. The like, oh, just do whatever you want, like pointsality, yeah. like just do whatever you want. She hates those games, and so I showed her that board, and she's like, yeah, never mind. Same with Teo Tiwakan. I like, mm. showed her that, and she's like, yeah, never mind. Even though like that's that's probably the one I'd like to play the most of the I... T games that aren't the T games. So I have also played Takenu. And I think my 
order so far is Zolkin, Teotihuacan, and then Tekenu. Not that Tekenu is bad, I just really like the other two. It's got the cool obelisk, I'll be honest. The, the, the large penis in the middle of the board is pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's just like, I have to, you have to consult like a little chart after every two rounds when you mm, rotate it and then you, that you add, sucks. you take six new dice out of the bag and depending on which of the, like in the little rondelle, which of the circles is in light or shade or in the middle, um, you take the dice that you took out of the bag and rolled and then add them into uh what is it like forbidden blessed or neutral or something mm-hmm. so a diff like a black die in a night in the shaded spot will go into this one of these three rows and Jeez. the gold die in the sun will go into this zone and it's just Talk like fiddly uh, once you do that little setup thing you know you're not like consulting that chart it's not a right, big deal. Right, but right. it's sort of like the obelisk itself and what it represents never becomes an intu- an intuitive part of the game. Gotcha. That makes sense. For me. That makes sense. But Zulkin is still your favorite. Yeah, man. It is. It is so satisfying. And for okay. me, I have not nearly exhausted the strategies that you can attempt. And I've talked about it on the podcast before, and I'll. Just recommend mm-hmm. to anyone who's ever played the game or knows anything about it to just go look up the thread on BGG for competitive strategies in Zolkin. And there's this really awesome thread that has f- at least four or five of these widely accepted strategies that you would do in competitive play of Zolkin, which apparently exists. And they're fascinating. They're like, this is the get workers fast strategy. You're going to go turn one on yellow one, pay two corn to go on yellow two. You also need to drop a dude over on green so that you can have enough corn to pay for these next four turns. Then it rotates. Okay, after that, we're just going to bide our time. We're going to go on you know, green one again. Then boom, you're going to pull back your first worker let it rotate up again, pull back all your guys now. Now you get a ton of corn and your fourth guy. I swear to God, they've got the first like 20 turns for all of these most common strategies all mapped out on why it works, on how to think about it strategically, how to work around getting blocked and all this stuff. And like, and some of these strategies are completely different. Hey, this is the get building strategy. Hey, this is the we're doing skull strategy and how you so would funny. attempt and accomplish them are entirely different and that is just fascinating to me that is cool that is cool i feel like um i feel like that is like a side thing where they're like Mm. here's how to based on your based on whatever like your board is your your combo they're like here's the way to win in 20 turns or whatever uh zulkin and the strategy i feel like people did with scythe where based on your like player mat and your faction, they're like, mm. here's the way to win in twenty turns. Like but Crazy, you need man. like the you know, you need like some good encounters. Or people did it with tapestry too. They were like, here's how you can get like four hundred points or whatever by 
you know, getting these technologies and comboing these technologies off each other that allow you to like recycle this and then do that or whatever. And it's just like, okay, so if the perfect stuff comes up and all you're trying to do is like mathematically prove a point, sure, you can do that. But it is, it's almost like, and I like something like the Zulkin thing where it's like, these are, should be your opening strategies. I know they have stuff like that for Eclipse because after like three or four games, I was kind of like, I feel like I'm just really bad at this game. Mm. And I was like, am I, am I starting off wrong or something? And so I went on and looked and it was like a tips for beginners. And it just said like early rounds, you kind of want to focus on this. Mid game is when you can start moving into this and late game, you know, worry about the end condition or whatever. Which, like, I like that as far as, like you said, the Zulkin, like, looking at the strategies when they're not just, here's the exact thing you want to do for throughout your entire game, and then this will be your end result. And so it's like, so really you're just like, someone else is quarterbacking the game for you. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like going, using a walkthrough for your entire playthrough of a video game. It's like, she didn't actually do anything. You just did the motions and like right. walked yourself through it kind of thing. Um, so that's interesting, Zulkin. But you really like Teotihuacan, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's excellent. That one's moving up tracks though, right? Uh, not really. Oh, it's not? Okay. You're moving dice around a giant circle or a giant board, almost like Monopoly. And... Uh, the different okay. spaces that you can move your dice to and then the strength of your die are what allow you to do the actions. And as you do certain actions, your die move up a pip. And then when it gets to like six, it ascends and goes to heaven and then the die uh, turns back into a one. That's um, sick. But it has this really cool mechanism where instead of moving one of your dice you can move it to like a special action that are in between the normal actions and it like locks your die but gives you a pretty cool bonus a lot of the times um and so it changes like well it's going to cost me a lot of money to do this action because there's a bunch of people there it's more expensive to do stuff when people are there so instead i'm going to do one of these middle actions and lock my die but don't worry, I've got this thing planned to unlock all my dice at the same time. I mean, like nice. the the strategies in this thing really build up, and they're 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 fun to think through. I like that. That sounds that sounds cooler than what I thought it was. Yeah, because like the way you go about doing it sounds really interesting. Um, I think you you guys played it on Tabletopia one night when I wasn't able to play, mm. and I was super bummed because I had really wanted to play it. Yeah. Um, there's a couple. Of, you guys played that. You guys played Dinosaur Island. Hmm. as well and both times i wasn't able to play and they're just like dang it because both those games are games i want to play yeah um all right but let's uh, let's see i'll see if there's anything else on here because we're already at like two and a half hours um cooper island last one cooper island i How don't know do much this i don't know much about this to tell you to be honest it's a midweight I've heard excellent things about this game. I heard good things about it too. I think it has a lot of variety in the setup, if I'm not mistaken. So does Alma Mater, another game we talked about today. Right. Um, yeah. Not okay. much I can tell you about that, but I've had it for about a year. Okay. Um, I 
And I'll be honest, part of it is if Capstone releases something, I'm looking at it. I know. Because it's like they just, they, they, they're, they're making hits over there. Um, all right. Real quick, I'll go through my list, my very short list. And most of the games are like the exact same thing. Well, there's there's one theme of like four or five games in here. But so I have <clears throat> Awkward Guests, hmm. uh, Chronicles of Crime 1900. I include that one because you can play it now. They've released it. I have 2400 as well, but they haven't finished the story for it. Um, I haven't played 1900, but that ha- did release earlier this year. Uh, I picked up Food Chain Magnet recently. Hell yeah. After, after you guys were talking, I never really had a desire to play it before. You guys were talking so much good stuff about it. I was like, you know what? Let me relook at this game. I was looking at it again, and I was like, you know what? Like The actual actions and the turns are simple-ish. They're not super complex. <laughs> and it's just the, yeah, I, I shouldn't say simple-ish. They're not super complex. And, yeah. But it's just, like, your strategy in that game is, like, what makes or breaks you, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, that might be a game for me to for me to check out. So um, somebody in uh, somebody in the cities was selling it for, like, super cheap. And I was like, I'm never going to get this game for, like, 50 bucks. So let me jump on that real quick. Sweet, dude. What a deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Food Chain Magnet, The Prodigal's Club. Uh, Terraforming Mars Air's Expedition. I think I got that last Monday, last week on Monday. So haven't played that yet. Uh, Treasure Island and Witness. I found a copy of. Dang, dude, those are some yeah. of my favorite games. Yeah, yeah. I've wanted to play Treasure Island since. I mean, it, probably three years when you took it to AZ and you guys played it. And I remember seeing the pictures. I was like, uh, why are you guys using <laughs> protractors on? <laughs> Man. I was like, this looks super, super cool. So, um, yeah, I knew like then I was like, I got to play this game sometime. But it wasn't Bences. So mm-hmm. I never got to play when I went back in town. Uh, so I've always wanted to play that. Uh, Witness. I think I first heard about from you, I think same thing. I think it was 2018. It was on like your top 10. Dude, I am a witness it, stan. Yeah. I mean, like, it's, I, yeah. I think I, I evangelize I would, about that game more than most people. Yeah, I would go on every couple weeks, maybe a little more often than that, and see if there's any copies for sale on the geek market. Oh. Is it out of print? Um, out of print? Yeah, completely out of print, and and people aren't really selling it either. So hell yeah, because usually... we all know, man. <laughs> but I feel like once you play it, though, it's kind of like, well, maybe you don't need there's it. There's a lot of cases, like you said, dude. There's forty five there, cases like six, in there. Yeah, forty five. Um, there's usually there's always like a French copy or like one American copy that was like one hundred and fifty bucks, and I decided I was willing to pay a hundred dollars for it. Holy crap! Really. Yeah. That's that's how expensive this was going. Yes, because I knew you know what like, no, it's the, it's not a deluxe game, but I also knew like, I knew how badly I want it. It was a Grail game essentially. I was like, I know how badly I want it. I'm never gonna be able to get it for less. Love this. And somebody put one up for like ninety bucks, and I was like, insta buy. Oh man. Incredible. So, 
I have Witness now. I have not played it. Um, I don't know when I'm going to play it. Because uh, it needs it needs the four. And I thought, well, maybe like with my in-laws, but my father-in-law, like, he's just a little hard of hearing. I mean, he's very hard of hearing, but he's, he's hearing aids. But a lot of times when you're talking to him, you have to look at him because he can kind of like, it helps when you're talking directly to him with the way mm-hmm. his settings are on his hearing aids. It's like the whole like whisper in their ear might not work with him. So I don't know when I'm going to play Witness, but I yeah. decided I don't care. I love it. I, for years, three years now, I think, have been looking at that game and waiting. Finally saw it for a price that I thought was worth it for me. And clicked purchase. Man, I feel partially responsible nice. for that. It feels good. Yeah, good. You should. And it's like, I'm so excited for it. And what was it? Recently, I saw something and they were talking about like one of the cases and we're not like giving spoilers for it, but it was basically like, there's like this wire and then it's like, it's like, they're actually like complicated puzzles. It's not just like, it's not just telephone where it's like, Oh, Sally said that Bob did this. And then the next one's like, okay, Sally said Bob did this and Bob was wearing a red shirt. It's like, you know, it's like actually kind of complicated stuff. And I assume, is it like the crew where like the first cases are pretty easy, but later on they're mm-hmm. like super convoluted? Freaking stoked. Yeah, man. They start giving you like pretty crazy diagrams. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't wait for it. Um, But I didn't feel bad about it because I had sold Sleeping Gods. Okay. And so I was like, you know what? I'm sitting on a pile of cash and it just sits in my PayPal because that's what I use for the games or whatever. And um, and most games I buy now, I buy used, I found. Mm-hmm. Just because it's like, I don't know. I, I don't care that someone else, I don't need it to be brand new. Yeah. Untouched. As a matter of fact, I don't like having to punch out games at all. Hmm. So it's kind of nice. Hot take. Yeah. There's a, what's what's eating Alfie? Freaking punch boards. That's what's that's what's eating Alfie. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think I told you, but in the uh, Grand Austria Hotel, there's about a hundred stickers to put on. No, no thanks. Yeah. Never mind. Dude, I don't. I don't want that game. I'll play someone else's copy. I've decided. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be that would be going up on the geek market. Hey, who wants to buy this Seriously. unstickered? Where the hell's Andy uh, when I need her? I know. I don't think I've ever put stick. Oh, that's not true. I did it for um, Tokyo Jido Hanbaiki. Hanabaki Market. Yeah, the one with the little, the little, the little tiny plastic uh, cups. Yeah, I, I did the stickers for that. It was awful, um, and I'll never go back. I'll hire someone else to put stickers on. Well. We have officially talked for two hours and 40 minutes. So, all right. All right. I think we got to wrap it up, man. Um, yeah. Give me, before we go, give me the game you're most excited to get off your list besides Ares Expansion, which doesn't count because you got it a week ago. Oh, uh, Witness. Witness. All right. That's a great choice, man. I, and it's because I've wanted, I, that's even above Ares Expedition. Ares Expedition will be the next one I play when I look at this list. Um, uh, potentially Treasure Island, though, 
because that is one like when I see my nephews and nieces that are like teenagers, I'll usually mm-hmm. bring some games whenever we all get together. And I think that's one that I could probably get out because you're like doing some fun stuff there, um, or awkward guests with my mother and father-in-law because um, I sell it as Clue, although it's a little more gamey, but. Witness for sure is like I've I've wanted it for three years. It is like the most interesting game to me. Someday I'll have the perfect four to play it, and it's just gonna be pure bliss. That's a great choice, man. Love it. Yeah, thank you. What about you? What's what's your number one? Um, I think talking about this again has got me stoked to pick another legacy game. So I've got one more to go for the year. So. Which I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards Clank. Okay, and I, I think that makes sense. I was it Ben's who said Vampire Heritage like just wasn't that good. Yeah, he did. Which is a, a bummer because I thought that game. I heard about that and I was like, "How did I miss this on Kickstarter or whatever?" This sounds sick. Yeah. That's uh, a shame. I'll tell you, my favorite on your list would be Detective City of Angels. Ooh, have you played? I haven't played it. Um, Just intrigued. It's at the game store here, and but and I know some somebody's trying to sell the game and one of the expansions for like ninety bucks locally, and I, I always think about it. But you know, I went with Witness instead. But no, it's yeah. just like I just I love I love the the mystery games and the fact that you mm-hmm. have someone who's like actively kind of playing a bit of a foil. Like that's kind of cool. Yeah, I might prioritize playing that just to like kind of give you a review. I would love that. And let's waltz. I I gotta hear if it actually is good. Because yes, if it sir. is, I gotta put that to the top of my list. Awesome. Well, dude, thanks for All having right. me. This is pretty sweet. Yeah, dude. This is a freaking blast to chat with you this long. All right. I think we got to do the thing right now. So, uh, Bus, why don't you play us out or talk us out or whatever thing you do. Just, just do you. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Drop the Dice. We'll see you next week.